This portion of the John DePietro Show, it's brought to you by Lawn Doctor, your best lawn ever guaranteed. And I can tell you with my own experience what a fantastic job they did and have done with my lawn. The easiest thing to do is log on to their website. It's LawnDoctor.com. LawnDoctor.com. Put in your zip code, your best lawn ever guaranteed it's lawn doctor of rhode island you can call them 401-392-1025 but log on to their website lawndoctor.com you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com so <clears throat> we have an interview with attorney general peter norona and he's been in the news and he's advocating that due to the limits of his office, they're not able to perform it potentially reach their highest form of potential because of budget constraints. And folks, this is, as we've been talking about, Governor McKee is from number one, won't grant him a meeting, won't meet with him, but Governor McKee will not include the extra money that Attorney General Peter Narona wants and haven't included it in his budget and it it's it seems it's petty uh as as you can tell governor mckee as we know by now has a, has a uh does not have thick skin he has a chip on his shoulder he's very thin-skinned um and he also does not appreciate that when his administration has run into questionable territory that the attorney general has has investigated some of the people in the mckee administration so, folks, that is that is petty politics. It's also an example, you know, as much as people know the expression crime doesn't pay, you start to wonder in, in Rhode Island, um, why is the attorney general's office under understaffed and not with the budgets that it should have? You just wonder how much do, do they really want, meaning the General Assembly in Smith Hill, do a lot of maybe our political leaders, do they really want a robust investigative unit like the attorney general's office i mean i know firsthand from dealing with police and just the way our court systems grind that you know there's a huge backlog at the office and and the, the attorney general peter narona is his credit he's shining light on that i also want to touch on this whole business where he's coming under criticism for using the platform of twitter folks it is 2023 right you want to fish where do you fish you fish where the fish are um, you know, the, the bank robber. Why do you rob banks? That's where the money is. You have to go where the people are. That's just the nature of the game. Yeah, he could pen an op-ed for the Providence Journal. No one would read it. Nothing against the Providence Journal. Print has changed. You have to go to where people are. You have to find where they are. And there's all different types of platforms, as I've talked about in the past. You know, one of the more famous ones was people that remember when fm radio came about in the 70s into the 80s and it just took over and the music sounded better and all the older people were on am and they were still playing music on some am stations and then no longer moved all to the fm and advertisers started to discover the fm band that had top 40 and had rock radio and a different types of music it had a different feel to it it sounded different um it became the cultural divide of fm radio you know almost kind of with the hippies and the the vietnam movement and then obviously moving into the disco era but my point is that became the new platform and there were advertisers like yeah we're advertising on fm because there's a lot of young people that are listening to you know uh, WBCN in Boston, WAAF. You go back to the old WCOZ, 94 and a half. Um, and I'm talking to like the early stages of it. And then you had Pro-Am, but then you had Pro-FM that suddenly came along. And Jimmy Gray, Jimmy Gray was on Pro-AM. And then he made the jump, became the morning man on the FM. So, you know, that was like, a leap and there were people that stayed you know people i don't even know listen to any stations on fm i mean that was like the new frontier so to speak so again i want to just repeat i'm one of those people i think it's a good thing 
that the attorney general is visible. He's using the platform of Twitter. That's a platform. There are several different platforms that people use. And it has become the platform. That's where Tom Brady announced his retirement. President Trump made it famous, speaking directly to people. I think it's interesting the people that are speaking out against the attorney general, they don't like the fact that he's using Twitter. They don't like the fact that he's using this new platform. They don't seem, others, some other public officials don't seem to like the fact that he's so transparent and readily communicating with members of the press and the general public at large. Uh, I think it's a good thing. In fact, I know it's a good thing. And, and it is a matter of, you know, you have to go where the people are. You want to reach people. You want to communicate with people. You have to go where they are. Why do they charge so much for Super Bowl commercials? Why is that? Because there's a lot of eyeballs on the Super Bowl. It's the same type of theory. I don't relate to or understand people that say, he shouldn't be there. What's all this on Twitter? And he's tweeting at people and replying and putting information Folks, it's, you know, it's, it's very in real time. It's, it's very 2023. Um, like I said, you, you have to, you fish where the fish are, and that's where you can reach people, and everyone is there. I mean, President Trump just broke that and made Twitter the destination during the course of the campaign, when his tweets, when he became the president, no one had heard of it before. You know, you have the Pope on Twitter, you have President Trump on Twitter, you have athletes uh, responding to things, answering to things on Twitter. It is a platform, and not everyone seems to understand that. We're at a, um, at a crucial time right now, though, folks, because you can tell the economy is slowing down. Governor McKee certainly doesn't seem to have an answer. And I also want to warn, I know a lot of people were fighting for that Zamborano Hospital to stay in Boroughville. Well, that's about to be tested because Governor McKee is now going to start to put homeless, village, homeless villages. He's going to turn the grounds of Zamborano Hospital into like a little McKeeville, a little homeless village. They're going to set up cottages. They're going to have homeless families uh, moving in and living there. And I'll be curious to see how the individuals that were advocating so much um, for Zamborano, I, I just wonder how they're now going to feel about having this homeless village. Because a lot of, remember, these they don't get smaller. They get larger. Um how, how do people feel about that? They're going to set up these different, uh, the best way to me to, to describe it is just they're going to set up cottages and they're going to create a little homeless village on the grounds at Zamborano Hospital. Um, I, I just wonder some of the people in that area, I know some of the state officials were arguing and fighting on their behalf and we need to keep Zamborano open and you know, blah, 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 and all of that. But I just wonder now, how are they going to feel if they still feel that way with, in fact, now you start to have, um, you know, they start to create like a little village there for everybody. So I don't think that's what people had in mind. I think when people were arguing about Zamborano, I think one of the things they were thinking of was the jobs and the people that work there. So, but the fact of the matter now is now you're going to have a different equation because this, that armory is closing. These people, the, the, it's, it's, it's also, it's not low income housing. It's free housing. They're going to put free housing on the grounds of Zamborano Hospital. And it's the Providence Journal that broke the story on this. I, I am just, um, I'd like to hear the reaction of how some of the people in that area feel about this. Laying the groundwork to, to move as many. Now, they say 10 homeless families to cottages 
on the state-run Zamorano Hospital campus in Burville. Well, yeah, three cottages and 10 families, but that could overnight grow to 30 cottages and 100 families. And then you start to just, here's where they're going to go. I, um, I don't think that's a positive development. Because as I said, because then now you're taking ownership of these people. You're now saying, and if you want to get rid of them, what are they going to say? All right, where are you going to put me now? You now, it's the pottery barn, you know, you, you break it, you own it. Um, you are now, the state is taking custody of these individuals. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show. Propane Plus in Rhode Island for all your propane needs. Call them 401-885-4209. In Massachusetts, you can reach them at 508-252-3359. Propane Heating and Cooling, it's Propane Plus. Their team's been there three generations. They're available 24-7 for service and delivery, and they plan on serving you for a long time to come. They offer online billing ability to schedule a service delivery at the click of a button and remember all customers receive a free safety inspection on their equipment it's propane plus and remember with propane it's affordable sustainable equitable good for the environment and now it's renewable call propane plus today at 401-885-4209 in massachusetts call them at 508 508- 252-3359. They're very easy to navigate website. It's propaneplus.com. Propane Plus. Call them 401-885-4209. Folks, you're listening to the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Joining us right now on the line, he is the Attorney General for Rhode Island, and it is Attorney General Peter Narona. Uh, General Nerona, thank you for joining us, and uh, it's great to talk to you. Good morning, John. Good to be with you as well. Uh, Attorney General Nerona, I want to just first touch on, uh, I think it's a very valid comparison that you put out uh, on a tweet regarding how your office matches up against that of Delaware, and if you could just touch on that a little bit. Yeah, so... um... Obviously, I have contact with my fellow attorneys general around the country, and one of the ones I have a lot of contact with is Kathy Jennings in Delaware because she has exactly the same mission that I do, which is uh, unique to us. We are both the DA. There are no DAs in Delaware. There are no DAs in Rhode Island. So we have all of the uh, criminal um, uh, prosecution responsibilities, but we also have all of the functions of uh, the attorney general in other areas like healthcare and environmental and defending the state. So our missions are exactly the same, and that's unique. Connecticut, for example, is very different. They have county attorneys in addition to the AG. Massachusetts has DAs, as everybody knows, I think, in addition to the AG. So we have the same mission. And the states, as everyone knows, I think, too, are the same size. They have about a million people that reside in each state. Many of the same issues. Um, Wilmington has some of the same violent crime issues that Providence does, and so they are very, very, very similar. And um, I have about 250 staff, and Kathy Jennings in Delaware has over 500. I have about 100 lawyers, and Kathy Jennings has about 220. So I'm, I am literally half the size. We are literally half the size of the office in Delaware. And so, you know, it's a good point of comparison, and I think it explains why our folks are really stretched. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, it's one of the reasons I'm asking for more resources. I am, I'm not asking for anything close to doubling the size of my office, far from it. You know, if you put my my budget ask in context, it, it would, you know, it's really a very small addition. But it's definitely necessary for us to continue to do our jobs at the level where Islanders should expect. General, I like how um, you also have pointed out that there are, I believe you said there are 300 lawyers on the payroll for the state. Only 100 of them work for you that's that's you know 200 that are just then spread out around state government yeah and look i think um all state agencies need lawyer help you know and i don't want to you know talk to exactly how many they ought to have but it does strike me that when there are, i mean i think we put the count at 330 that when there are 230 lawyers in the state uh, 330. I have 100 or 230 elsewhere. I think it points up, you know, some of the challenges that I face, and perhaps a, a need for 
if I can't get additional resources, um, that perhaps lawyers and other agencies will just need to step up a little bit um, and handle some of the, <clears throat> excuse me, John, more routine cases. Then my office often is tasked to handle things like slip and fall cases, you know, things that don't require our expertise, but nevertheless, we get uh, we get involved in simply because the reaction has always been, well, just send that to the attorney general and, and they'll do it. And my folks have really tried to do that. But what I have found um, by uh, by really talking to my people um, is that we are at the point where we just cannot do that any longer if we don't get more help. Um, we're just really overburdened there, and it is really putting a lot of strain on our ability to defend the state. It's not just you know that my people can't handle it. I mean, they can. I mean, they're working really hard. But the problem is cases take too long uh, to resolve. Interest, John, I know you'll appreciate this. You have a head for math and, and, and interest. Uh, is running at 12% from the wow. time those cases are filed. So we yep. have to get those cases resolved and, and resolved quickly. And I just don't have the personnel uh, to do it. We're defending 600 cases with, with less than 10 people. I, I would say that government litigation unit is around seven to eight people. So they're defending 600 cases worth $70 million is where we put the exposure with 12% on top of that. I got to have more people to be able to do that, or I'm just going to have to reduce. You know, my plan, John, is if I don't get the resources, is I think really reasonable. You know, it's just to stop taking cases for a period of time until we can get our caseloads down to where they should be, where we can represent the state capably. And my hope is that some of those other agencies, lawyers, will be able to step up and, and handle that. You know, I, I was on a we were on a Zoom with the Department of Health about a lab issue. And yeah, there are four or five lawyers that work for the Department of Health, including one of my former uh, lawyers who was hired by them on a contract basis. Uh, it seems to me that, that some of those lawyers, particularly if they were in my office previously, ought to be able to handle some of their some of their litigation. Folks, again, we're speaking with Attorney General Peter Narona. General, I'm curious how this caseload matches up against your perspective of when you were a U.S. attorney. Well, to put it in comparison, John, and I can also go back to when I was an assistant AG under Attorneys General Pine and, and White House. So let me start with the U.S. Attorney's Office. So by comparison, the U.S. Attorney's Office with about, I would say, 15, 16 prosecutors, 21, 22 lawyers total, but maybe a few more now. But when I was there, 21, 22 lawyers or so, 15, 16 doing criminal cases. We would charge, I mean, I think our high in any given year is because I really – I really tried to raise those numbers. It was maybe 130 cases, but it was on average just 100 cases. And, you know, they weren't all big, complicated cases. Some right. were fairly simple firearms cases. Some were immigration cases. You know, someone had been deported and come back, you know. So certainly some were complicated. You know, I think of the Speaker Fox case that we did there, and the case involving a Navy base where there's a big bribery scheme, scheme down there. But they weren't all incredibly complicated cases. By comparison... The 70 prosecutors in my office, they have 30 people doing civil and 70 doing uh, prosecution. Uh, although 70 prosecutors right now are handling around 14,000 cases. Huh. We're charging 5,000 cases a year, John. Wow. And, they're not, and they're not small cases. I no. mean, many of these cases, but well, they're all felonies for one thing. And, you know, and some of them are significant, significant cases, crimes against children, homicides, uh, serious narcotics trafficking, gun trafficking. And uh, though, you know, my prosecutors are handling 250 to 300 cases each. Those are all-time highs. When I was in the office back in the late 90s, early 2000s, you didn't you didn't get to 150. I mean, if you were in the narcotics unit, you might be over 100. You know, between 100 and 125. The rest of us were under. I wasn't in that unit. The rest of us were, you know, were managing anywhere 50 to 75. You know, maybe it got close to 100. I mean, these caseloads are strikingly high. And if you were to just come through my office and just look at the people, um, you know, in their offices, you know, they don't complain. They are mostly on the young side and they have a lot of enthusiasm and, yep. and, uh, and, and confidence and ready to get in the arena attitude. But it's too many cases for them to handle capably. I'm yeah. all around the office. You know, I'm trying to do healthcare, John, with one lawyer. I have one one lawyer dedicated wow. to healthcare by statute, and it's you know the healthcare challenges we face. We yes. have the merger we had to deal with, and I have to pull people from elsewhere in the office to be able to do these large healthcare transactions. So, what does that mean for Rhode Islanders? What's the cost, if you will? Well, if you think body cam uh, body cams are a good thing on police officers, well, it took us an extra year to get that done because I had to pull the person working on my body cam hmm. program to work on the antitrust part of the merger. I had to pull my consumer, uh, 
lawyer, a great young lawyer, Steve Provazzo, came to us from Wilmer Hale, one of the best law firms in the world, wants to do public service. He's terrific. But I had to put him on the antitrust part of the merger uh, as well. And so our consumer protection efforts, which are really stepping up, got really delayed because of that. And so and so um, I really need to expand in that area. Energy, you know, we were the ones fighting for Rhode Islanders um, but with the sale of Narragansett Electric from the grid to Rhode Island Energy only. Only my office intervened there, John. The governor's office wasn't in that case. Uh, right. Only we were there. And in fact, we got a bad decision out of one of the agencies, uh, you know, the, Depart- uh, the Division of Public Utilities and Carriers, that we had to go to court and get flipped around. So they actually argued against me in court when I'm trying to get hmm. more money for Rhode Islanders. So, so our battles are, have been have been fierce, uh, but I think we have really stepped up for Rhode Islanders. And, and what I've asked for in this year's budget is a modest investment in the office of 20 F, twenty personnel. Uh, so I'm not doubling. It's just 20 on top of the 250 I've got. I won't be – if I get them all, I'll only be 270. I won't be at the 500 uh, Delaware has. But I can I can uh, point to every one of those positions as to why they are necessary. And, you know, people talk about my cold case unit that I'm asking for to bring justice for, for victims that have waited a long time but the trail has gone cold. Right. That's a $350,000 ask, John. It's, it's not like we're talking about millions of dollars. Yeah. All in, it's $2 million. And we've brought $500 million back to the state over the last uh, four years of, of my of my tenure. So I think, I think we've demonstrated that if you invest in us, we'll deliver. And it's one of the reasons I waited so long um, to make this ask. And I wanted to prove first that if the public and the government had, confirm- had confidence in us, we would deliver for Rhode Islanders. And I, and I like to think we've done that. General, and again, we're speaking with Attorney General Peter Doroni. Do you think also the system is maybe not, that we have in the state, is not properly set up for the situation you find yourself in advocating in your office? I mean, think about it. Most of the time you're supposed to hire some expensive lobbyists and then they show up at the state house in matching T-shirts. And did they part of it, right? Is, it, is part of it maybe the structure that we're in in order to, you know, try to get these types of resources? Yeah, look, I think, I think that the office is in a difficult position, I think, for a couple of reasons. First of all, if we're doing our job right, you know, we're going to we're going to uh, break some eggs. Right. right. We're going to take on some some agencies that work for other parts of government. You know, the CRMC, we've been very vocal in our right. in our work there on, on Block Island and really got that turned around. I already mentioned the DPUC, you know, other other state agencies we've had, you know, frankly, good relationships with health. Um, you know, I, I don't think they've always been where they needed to be. But on balance. I have a ton of respect for the people that help. The EM has stepped up and been a good partner. But sure, you know, look, when, when you are you, you are vocal in your criticism of a state agency that works for another branch of government, sure, that may not land you in a good place. Right. Um, you know, we don't have we don't have hired lobbyists. You know, we are we are just you're trying to convince people on the merits, John. And, you know, I think particularly with this General Assembly, those arguments have landed, I think, with Speaker Sakarchi to his enormous credit. Yep. Um, you know, he understands what it is we're asking for and why, whether he'll be able to provide it, I don't know. But I at least credit him for having the willingness to sit down with me to have a one-on-one about why, you know, about really what I've spoken to you about. And same thing with the Senate president. Really grateful for that. And the House and Senate Finance uh, Committees, uh, Senator De Palmer. In, in particular, has been a strong advocate, you know, for us, and he sees why we need it. But you know, we're when you're arguing on the merits, right? Um, you don't have anything else in your in your bag of tricks, right? It's either we can convince you why we need these resources, or we can't. Uh, but it's not built on sort of relationships. Uh, uh, it's built on the merits, and that puts us often in a difficult spot. I mean, Speaker Mattiello and I just didn't really see eye to eye on anything, and I kind of knew. Uh, under those circumstances, there wouldn't be any resources forthcoming. But I will say that Governor Raimondo and I had a very good back and forth on my budget, and we were yeah. able to get a, a handful of positions with the blessing of the General Assembly under Speaker Sakarchi, and I was, of course, grateful for that. Well, General, you can also judge a state and administration and former government on what the priorities are. And again, nothing against, for instance, the correctional officers at the ACI, but I happen to know you know, their over, overtime budget, not regular functioning, but yeah. overtime budget was $30 million. And that's not regular budget salaries. I think it says something. You know, what does it say we're willing to give one group 
thirty million in overtime, and they can't find an extra two and a half to for the people that are working to efficiently protect the people of the state. I, I think our priorities are a little backwards. Well, you know, I, all I can say, John, is that I, I see the people in the office and how hard they work, and none of them, you know, none of them have a civil service protection. They're all you know, quote unquote, unclassified. So yep. they all serve, you know, at, at my pleasure, which means I can keep them or let them go at any moment, you know, unless it's obviously for reasons which are not lawful. But, you know, they're, they're not part of a union. I have, look, I have great relationships with my friends in organized labor, but our, but our folks are there because they want to be. And they also know that if they don't deliver, but that, you know, that we evaluate them, you know, they are right. evaluated on their merits and, and we've let some people go, yep. you know, because they just haven't measured up to, because I can't afford, you know, I can't afford to have somebody in my organization, John, that isn't operating at a very high level. I just don't have enough people. It's not like you can't take the, the unproductive employee and stick them over there in the corner and say, okay, I'll just live with it for whatever reason. I just, I can't afford to do that. And that, and, and, you know, I think we saw that when I came in, you know, our screening intake unit where cases start was a real mess. I mean, remember, there were like 1,600 cases that were going nowhere. And it was really because we hadn't invested in that unit um, and because, frankly, personnel that had failed in other parts of the organization, you know, were failing there as well. And so, uh, you know, we moved on from them. And that was, a you know, glad I had that ability to do that. And, and that, that operation today, you know, they're actually, if you look at the Providence Journal story that was done on me online over the weekend, you could, I actually took, I, I'm so proud of that unit, John, um, that I took them as I would take you, I took those journalists as I would take you through that intake unit to show them how they're operating because I'm so proud of them and how they've responded with just a little bit of investment and stepping up, you know, the lawyer and frankly, in that unit, they are just, you know, they're the ones who are charging those 4,000 cases every year before they're handed off to the prosecutors. And I'm just really proud of that group. You know, General, before I let you go, just two more quick questions. One is, and you're obviously familiar, I think people have to realize with law enforcement, one of the challenges is that it's, it's always evolving. You know, things have moved more online. Things, there are more phone scams. There are more different types of online scams. There's, you know, suddenly they're stealing catalytic converters. I would imagine in your office, you also have to keep pace with criminals find new ways to commit crimes. Yeah, that's for sure, John. And then, of course, on the civil side, you know, we have gone for when I, so when I started, you know, uh, there was a limited number of documents that, that you had to deal with now because uh, everything is electronic. Everything is every, there's more paper everywhere. And so that means you've really have to take. So you've got to take in a lot of electronic information or information, in electronic form and scan it into a, a database so that you can manage that information while you're either defending the state or suing on behalf of the state. So that's why I really see big changes. It's almost like if you go to a law library and you look at, you know, uh, the law books, you know, the reported decisions from, say, the 60s or 70s, those volumes are kind of narrow. And then you go look at them from the 2000s and they're really thick. It's because of the of the invention of the word processor. Everybody says more now than they used to when you had to type it. And so as a result, there's just so much more paper. And, yeah, we need to – We always, on the criminal side, we always have to be reflexive. In fact, we're using – we've doubled our ballistics testing capacity because I bought an additional ballistics uh, testing machine, not with taxpayer funds – but with money that we recovered from drug dealers. And we're using that ballistics technology to solve crimes now, ways we weren't using it before. So yeah, we're adapting our urban violent crime initiatives, doing some great work, going after the people that really drive crime. I'm so proud of the people in the office. I, you know, I, every day that I come to work, um, uh, I've never been more engaged and excited because I see how excited they are. They need help. I'm working really hard to try to get it for them. Um, we're gonna continue to deliver for Rhode Islanders. General, finally, I just want to note, and I want to commend you, and I've already said this on the air, but the fact that you are, you know, you, you have to, you got to fish where the fish are, and it's 2023, <laughs> and the element of Twitter, it's, it's why, why is the New York Times on Twitter? Because that's where a crowd is. Why are all the local reporters, when people that aren't on it don't fully realize it, and I realize a lot has been, some, some has been written about it, even broadcast about it, but People and maybe you you don't even re recognize most journalists now have your Twitter account on on notice that it immediately goes to them like an email in their inbox every time you put something. So it's 
you know, platforms have, have always sometimes been, if you've ever watched The Crown, this is the episode, it's controversial. The Queen addresses the citizens of England on, on Christmas Day, but she won on television because that's where people were. You, It's right. the Willie Horton thing. You got to go where the money is. You hire. So I want you to know, you in the past, what, you pen an op-ed, nothing against the Providence Journal, but today how no, many people right. are seeing it so right. i commend you for that and it's and 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 i hope the experience has been positive because i believe more public officials should be transparent and it's it's a fantastic tool to engage with not only local media but with all just regular people that happen to be on the platform well john I, look i think t- today you can't wait to respond no. I, I think when frankly when you're in a debate that really matters and to yep. me my resources really matter and there's information out there that just doesn't jive with reality i can't wait to put out a statement that i hope somebody picks up no. i can't wait I, you know i've got to get it out there before the you know there's a runaway train on 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 you know you know precisely what i can or can't do with my resources what my obligations are why i'm asking for certain resources you know i'll give you an example there's some narrative out there that my budget has increased by whatever 18 percent well you know, that 18%, 15% of it is because of uh, raises that were negotiated with state employees. So everybody in my office got a raise like every other state employee. Yep. There's never been a, an initiative by this governor. Uh, there's never been a, a budget by this governor that supported any of my initiatives. And so, you know, that's just a, that's just a, uh, you know, a line of, of information that I just disagree with, and I can't wait two days to respond to it or a day to respond to it and hope somebody picks it up. I gotta, I gotta call it out right away because I really feel like for my office now, this is the fight I've got to have. I've got to get these resources now in year five, or I won't be able to deliver before I'm gone. And I feel the same way about this job as I felt about U.S. Attorney. That I'm going to push all the way through. I mean, my last four years aren't going to be spent at conferences and going on AG junkets. And John, believe me, I could go on AG junkets. Every month, if I wanted to, right. I want to push through the tape and deliver for the people of the state. And I know that I've got a time limit. And so the sooner I get these people on board, I can get them working for Rhode Islanders. So there's no more important time for me than right now. And it's why I'm speaking out. And I hope speaking clearly and trying to generate interest in something which seems pretty arcane in the past. I've asked for I've asked for resources and it's sort of been ho-hum. He asked for resources. Two people showed up at the hearing. Nobody cares. You know, through this medium, I've been able to get some people to at least pay attention to me. And, and, and more importantly, the people in my office that are working so hard for Rhode Islanders every day. I think it's fantastic. Folks, again, he is Attorney General Peter Narona. General, great to talk to you. I know you have a little procedure coming up, so we wish you the, uh, the best <laughs> Thanks, of health. John. And then I'll see you back out there. Thanks, my friend. Good All to right. talk to you. Thank you, General. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition since 1977. Delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Get your driveway paved. J. Perry Paving. Letter J. J. Perry Paving. High quality, fair pricing, exceptional service, over 25 years experience, specialized commercial paving, residential paving, seal coating. Call for a free estimate today, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. Hey, learn about the benefits of asphalt paving, whether it's a brand new paving project or a cracked driveway. It's affordable, smooth, safe to drive on, aesthetically appealing. Asphalt can be recycled, reused. J. Perry Paving, a licensed and insured contracting company committed to meeting your needs. No matter how big, how small, contact them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. What a difference it makes for your driveway, for your business, parking lot. J, letter J, J Perry Paving, 401-732-1730. Online at jperrypaving.com and look for them on Facebook.
listening to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Remember, you can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Folks, visit the website. On the website, you'll see all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook or YouTube, Instagram, even TikTok. Plus, you if you want to reach me, that's the best way to do it. We have unique original stories videos content log on right at the website dipetro.com you're listening to the john dipetro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm can always listen online at the website dipetro.com i want to weigh in on there's a lot of discussion that attorney general peter narona is um is suddenly using twitter and in some ways, it's being challenged or questioned. Um, on this show, our segment, Politics This Week, Justin Katz seemingly was critical of it. I have a completely different uh, view on this. I know some people are not that familiar with it. Most people are not on it. But I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's a platform. That's what it is, right? Twitter is a platform. There's different, you have to look at this different series of platforms, the, the town square used to be a platform, right? People would gather and those who want to speak would get up and speak at the, at the town square. Letters to the editor at one point was a popular platform or an editorial. That has changed. Twitter, where Twitter is terrific and I'm, I, I'm, it's just such an important tool is it's a way for people uh, to communicate directly with each other. And it's wildly important for both media, public officials. There's no filter so people are stuck on the, the name, Twitter, or a tweet, or various things like that. It's, it's an invaluable form of communication. And it's even, I don't agree with a lot of things Elon Musk has done, but Twitter's become, it's even bigger than who, who's owning it. Um, I didn't have problems with it in the past. Some people from time to time go away from it. But it's what you need to understand. And I don't know if it's been explained that way. It's a way... You hear directly from people. When it first came out, my first response was I thought it would it would put a lot of communication people out of business. Instead of someone having to hire a communication person, draft a statement, draft uh, a, a press statement, uh, press release, whatever it may be, this was the person just goes out and puts it out there and it's equal. You know, years ago, someone would draft a press release. They'd send it out to Channel 10 and Channel 12. And the Woodsocket Call and the Providence Journal. This boom, it's put out. Uh, Tom Brady, that's it. I'm retiring. He doesn't have a press guy. You had directly from him. It's it's no filter. It's the town square. If in fact you could put everybody in the town square is really what it it comes down to. So the fact that the attorney general. He should be commended for it. I do commend him for it. I think some people have short memories. Patrick Lynch, you couldn't always get Patrick Lynch for an interview. And then he went periods of time. He wouldn't comment on anything. Peter Kilmartin, I want people, people have really short memories. Attorney General Peter Kilmartin, I covered him eight years without a press conference. Eight years without a press conference. He would release his office, release a statement. Never did interviews, never available. Right around election time, he would then suddenly make himself available. Eight years without a press conference, which means availability. Attorney General Peter Narona has, has changed the dynamic and really elevated the office in a way of, you, they. in my opinion, he couldn't be more transparent. He has transformed the office on transparency. Not only does he hold a press conference uh, and has to explain why he's bringing charges, and he'll stand there and answer the questions and not run out of the room or run into a back room he will hold a press conference to tell you why he's not bringing charges in certain situations or write an opinion on that he is demonstrating leadership he is using i think some people are they they've lost track or unfamiliar with what leadership is he's demonstrating leadership he's advocating for his office he's saying things that quote you're not supposed to say He's, you know, letting people see what's behind the curtain. The fact that there's 300 people on the state payroll as an attorney, but he's only got 100 of them. 
And when you break down the money factor of this, so the budget for his office is $41 million for the Attorney General's office. They want $2 million more to make it $43 million. Let's, let's just put that in, in context. The prison guards, the correctional officers at the ACI, uh, under Governor McKee's administration, they received $30 million in overtime. $30 million above and beyond what their budget was supposed to be. And, and McKee won't give the Office of Attorney General $2 million more. So just to be clear, I, I commend the Attorney General. Anyone that is, you, you, you can't, you can't, like to me, people that are criticizing Attorney General Peter Narona, you, you, you can't decide you're just going to make everything from scratch. Well, I like that they're doing this, but they're not doing that, or they shouldn't be doing that. He was even told on one person who I respect, like, you know, you shouldn't be here. Just why don't you put that to you shouldn't be communicating with the press directly. You shouldn't be communicating with the public directly. No, nope, you shouldn't be doing that. Just issue press releases. And every, you, you can't have it both ways. You can't design. It, to me, it's an either or. Right. You have to pick what's on the menu and what's on the menu has been an attorney general in the form of Peter Kilmartin, who was never available, never. And right now, Governor McKee is not available. Like, you know, you, you can't live in a cave. So, well, I want no, you got to order what's on the menu. You have one guy, one guy demonstrating leadership. Uh, Sabina Matos is not always there. I, I think people are stuck on the fact it's a platform. Why not just instead substitute the words available and accessible to using the platform? So much that it is, you know, even warranted a story in the Providence Journal channel tended something on it. I welcome it. I find it refreshing. I wish more of our public officials. Uh, you, you couldn't, Cicilline was always just, he wasn't really like available to anyone. Um, and he wasn't really giving us representation. Langevin, we know, was an empty suit in washington but i'm talking about the state's chief law enforcement officer making themselves available and transparent and open with the public i i'm i i think if anything that's the way it should be and people like governor mckee who hide who don't make themselves available who's not really showing leadership attorney general peter Kumartin, and look how they all start challenging his motives now the Rhode Island Republican Party even weighed in on it I didn't think it was particularly a good take they were then also kind of knocking him saying oh you know this is like a warm-up he obviously wants higher office why not use it as an opportunity to point out the fact that you have a governor right now who won't and can't sit down for an interview uh, because he's just feeling you know so under attack right now meaning Governor McKee so as far as Attorney General Peter Narona I mean, this is, make no mistake about it. People are stuck on the fact that it's an app, it's a platform. Uh, unless people think you should, you know, sit out there on South Main Street and set up a window and answer questions as people ride by, this is the closest thing to it. And I commend them for it. You're listening to The John DePietro Show. Next time you have an emergency, think at med urgent care two locations 1524 atwood avenue johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich right across from felicia's at med urgent care when you have an emergency they specialize ambulatory medicine they provide immunization school and sports physicals at at med urgent care they provide comprehensive outpatient health care to individuals families they're on duty at all times they're open seven days a week walk-in routine urgent care minor surgical now if you're in a car accident go to atman urgent care avoid the long wait at the emergency rooms they also do adult vaccinations laboratory testing atman urgent care when it's an emergency 1524 atwood avenue in johnston that's right in the atwood medical center and also 5750 post road east greenwich online at admedurgentcare.net you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website dipetro.com well governor mckee is celebrating 
the fact that he has in the house and they're all so excited folks you want to talk about where the state is broken right now that they are celebrating and trumpeting that they are now going to have taxpayer funded abortion for state workers as if that's an accomplishment how in god's name is that an accomplishment it just shows you where the key priorities are it also just shows you the direction where the state is right now i i really i question the amount of money that is spent on state government the amount of money that is spent on all those people up on smith hill and how much it costs to run that and all the machinations that go along with january to june and what's at stake and what they debate and all these different issues um if they you know you you saw during covid where the general assembly they were unable to meet did we shut down did the the state shut well that was different that the state did kind of shut down but another to do with that my point is um i i think it's not enough is is looked upon of how much it costs to run that whole thing up in smith hill and all the people that are employed by it it's really just a huge machine it's a huge money grab our form of government right now i don't find it particularly productive and this is the type of thing they focus on you know and as i've i've said in the past why no one can explain it's not about you know this whole thing of reproductive freedom and reproductive and blah 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 and that's not what it's about it's not what it's about why why should no one has a legitimate argument of why taxpayers should have to pay for this it's it's asinine it it is it's actually embarrassing is what it is and government governor mckee trying to trumpet this like it's a big deal that he's accomplished you know as i said if someone gains weight and suddenly they're diabetic should we have to pay for that what about if someone does something injured their back now they have back problems should you have to pay for that what well, why do we have to pay for this i mean it, it it just it doesn't stand to reason and i think it 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 speaks a lot very loudly of where we are as a state that this is the sort of thing that they focus on this is the sort of thing that governor mckee you know thumps his chest with ludicrous our, our health care system as the attorney general has pointed out is collapsing the state is completely business unfriendly these people are just wasting time and space and it's very expensive on top of that what a disgrace you're listening to the john DePietro show falcon pest services 12 months of the year you could have a pest problem serving rhode island and massachusetts called falcon pest services today 401 739 1322 free consultation 401 739 1322 locally owned and operated serving rhode island and southeastern mass they offer services for termites bed bugs ants roaches mice rats in the summertime spring fall mosquitoes and many other pests call today for a free consultation whether it's for your home or a restaurant maybe it's once a year maybe it's once a month call falcon pest services today free consultation 401-739-1322 residential and commercial whether it's an office building a school a hotel a restaurant or your home call falcon pest services today free consultation 401 739 1322 get the most of your outdoor space with limitless outdoors call today for a free quote 401-580-1852 limitless outdoors they specialize in patios walkways steps they did a fantastic job on my outside steps outdoor kitchens landscape lighting retaining walls lawn installations excavation call limitless outdoors today let's dream build and enjoy 401-580-1852 based in smithfield limitless outdoors they also do indoor fireplaces or outdoor fireplaces limitless outdoors call them today free quote get the most of your outside 
you're going to love what they can do for you. 401-580-1852. 401-580-1852. Limitless Outdoors. Dream. Build. Enjoy. to the John DePietro Show. It's AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, dePietro.com. Remember, weekdays, 11 to 2. But visit the website, dePietro.com. That's the best way to reach me. There's a direct link. Contact John. We also have all our sponsors right there. We have unique, original reporting, stories, videos. Also, all our links to social media, whether it's Facebook, when we do Facebook Live, or YouTube, or Twitter. It's all right there at the website topetro.com. And then remember, once you're there, you can also visit the shop. We have great gifts that you can get. It's a happening. All links to the show. Plus, if you ever miss any part of the show, it's all right there under radio show right there. Folks, it all starts by logging on at topetro.com. And on the left-hand side, you can always listen live. Again, all our links, everything begins and ends right there at the website topetro.com. For over 125 years, Ameriprise Financial has provided advice for clients, unique goals, help millions of Americans retire on their terms. Now, as we're at the end of the year, beginning of a new year, why not take advantage of our free consultation? Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Offices located 400 Massasoit Avenue in East Providence put the strength of a leader in retirement planning to work for for you through a personal one-on-one relationship. Call Tom Bryan today, Ameriprise Financial Advisors, 401-434-1510. Get solid advice. Get a plan, whether it's for yourself, you and a spouse, maybe your children or grandchildren. Take advantage of this free consultation, Ameriprise Financial, 401-434-1510. Call right now, 401 401- 434-1510, Tom Bryan, Ameriprise Financial Advisors. The Coesed Inn, 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick, Rhode Island tradition. Since 1977, delicious food, great atmosphere, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge. They can also accommodate large groups. A great meal, a feast, is waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. Stop it and see them all year round. 226 Coesed Avenue in West Warwick. They're waiting for you at the Coesed Inn. 